John chapter 13. And our text for this morning is the verse 8. John 13 and verse 8. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. The crucifixion of God's Son was nigh not far away. The hour that the Saviour had often spoken about was about to dawn. The hour of his agony in the garden. The hour of his arrest. The hour of his mock trial. The hour of his scourging. And the hour of his crucifixion had now come. But before that hour, the Lord had said to his disciples, With desire I have desired to eat the Passover with you before I suffer. Luke 22, verse 15. Having then instituted the Last Supper, we are told here in verse 5, He rose from supper and laid aside his garments, and took a towel and girded himself and began to wash the disciples' feet. Here we have before us an example of the humility of Christ. A humility that the Lord of course had demonstrated many times during his public ministry. But here is an example of his humility that would surely touch the hearts of, our, of each one of us here today and would challenge us to be more like our Saviour. So that's my subject this morning, the humility of Christ. As we look here at this portion of scripture, we notice the patience of Christ. It must have been an amazing sight when you think of it. It's an amazing sight to behold. The Lord laying aside his garments, putting on an apron and bowing down and washing the feet of the disciples to see one who came from God and went to God to see one who is the Christ the son of the living God by that and washing the feet of the disciples here's humility indeed And here we see regarding 
the patience of Christ, we see the service. The service that the Lord engaged in, namely washing the feet of the disciples. This task of feet washing was usually carried out by any servants that were in the home. Indeed, some of the Jews felt that the foot washing was beneath them and they would employ Gentiles to do the foot washing. But there were no servants in that upper room where the Lord and the disciples were gathered. And so the Lord took the place of the servant. I did say there were no servants in that room. Ah, but there were. There were twelve servants. There was the twelve disciples of the Lord that had been called, chosen and called by the Lord to serve him. Did they think then that it would be beneath them as servants to wash the feet of one another? Well, the Savior, <coughs> the Savior didn't think it was beneath him. And surely as the Lord's servants, there is nothing we wouldn't do for our Savior, no matter how menial that task may be. If we are as humble as Christ, then we'll be glad to carry out those menial tasks for the Lord. And seeing the Lord washing the disciples' feet would be a rebuke a rebuke to any pride that we may have in our hearts beholding the humility of Christ bowing down and washing the feet of the disciples that was his service that day in the upper room not only we note the service but think about the silence that's really what struck me as I studied this portion the silence of the disciples verses 4 and 5 and supper being ended the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. You'll notice he rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself and after that he had poured water into a basin, 
he began to wash the disciples' feet. Notice then, the Lord had already begun washing the feet of the disciples. That's what we're told. He began to wash the disciples' feet. So he had already begun. And yet, not one of those disciples volunteered to do that of washing the feet of their fellow disciples. As the Lord stood down and did the foot washing, there was silence in the room. The humility of Christ had evidently not touched their hearts. Not one of them said, Lord, let me do that. I'll do that. I'll take the place or the position of a servant and I'll wash everyone's feet. No, not one word was spoken. And you would think, wouldn't you, that those disciples would have counted it a privilege to wash the feet of Christ to wash his feet and would that not have been evidence of their love for Christ that they would then buy and wash the Savior's feet over in Luke chapter 7 we have that familiar story of the woman who came into the house of a Pharisee where the Lord was and we're told in Luke 7 and verse 38 this woman stood at the feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment there's that woman it was a woman of the city but had been saved by Christ but she came to the Lord in that home she spent her whole time at the feet of Christ. And the Lord told the Pharisee in the house that because she had been forgiven much, she loved much. How did she express that love? By spending time at the feet of the Lord and yet not one of those disciples not one of those disciples was found at the Saviour's feet 
and washing the feet of the disciples surely the Lord was showing his love for them because they said that in the first verse now before the feast of the Passover when Jesus knew that his hour was come that he should depart out of the world unto the Father having loved his own which were in the world he loved them unto the end the Lord loved his disciples in spite of all their failures he loved them unto the end and the Lord in washing the feet of his disciples was expressing his love but not one of the disciples would express their love for Christ by washing his feet. As well as the service and the silence, there is also here the strife. That's right. Something else took place in that upper room. That Luke tells us Luke, Luke tells us about. You turn to Luke twenty two. Luke twenty two. The Lord has just instituted the Last Supper. is told them about the bread speak of his broken body is spoken to them about the cup speaking of his shed blood now we come to verse 24 the 22 verse 24 and there was also a strife among them which of them should be accounted the greatest it's not hard to take in the Lord after speaking about his broken body and his shed blood all those disciples could think about was who would be the greatest among them no wonder they refused to do the foot washing they were not interested in being humble they were interested in being honoured who would be honoured as the greatest amongst them well there was no such pride with the saviour bless him what a rebuke to those disciples seeing the Lord kneeling to wash their feet while they argued among themselves as who would be the greatest this demonstrates for us just how ugly pride is 
pride is an ugly thing. But here when we look at Christ, we see how lovely humility is. And when we look at the Saviour's humility, well we can say, He is altogether lovely. Bless his name. So we have considered the patience of Christ. That brings us now to Peter and the protest against Christ. The protest against Christ. Now we know that if any one of the disciples was to speak it would be Peter and sure enough it was in verse 6 then cometh he to Simon Peter and Peter said unto him Lord dost thou wash my feet Jesus answered and said what I do thou knowest not now but thou shalt know hereafter Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Talk about speaking out of turn. Here we see, first of all, the surprise of Peter. When the Lord came to wash the feet of Peter, the apostle seemed to show great surprise. Peter said unto Lord, dost thou wash my feet? At least Peter showed some surprise at the one whom he had called earlier Christ of the living Christ, the Son of the Living God. And now he sees him bowed down and washing the feet of the disciples Peter was surprised the surely believer has the Lord not surprised us at times surprised us because of what he has done for us we not been surprised Don't we often speak of the of the God of heaven as the God of surprises? Sometimes he surprises us by his answers to our prayers. You remember in Acts 12, Peter was in jail. And people were gathered in John Mark's house praying that the Lord would deliver Peter from jail and you remember how they heard a knock at the door and Rhoda went to the door it was Peter and she couldn't believe it she didn't open the door she ran back in again and said as Peter was at the door and they didn't believe in other words they were surprised and likewise Sometimes we are surprised at how the Lord answers our prayers. 
not only surprised by the answers to prayer but the acts of providence and sometimes surprised by his almighty power remember that time in Mark 4 the Lord was in the ship with the disciples and the Lord was asleep the the storm arose and they went and they awakened the Lord and said Master carest thou not that we perish terrible thing to say but what did the Lord do the Lord stood up rebuked the wind and the sea and there was a great calm and the disciples said about themselves what manner of man is this that even the wind and the seas obey him they were surprised by his almighty power and here Peter was surprised that one who is mighty and all powerful would bow down take the part of a servant and wash the feet of the disciples not only the surprise of Peter you have the saying for Peter the Lord had a word for Peter verse 7 Jesus answered and said unto him what I do thou knowest not now but thou shalt know hereafter the Lord would not explain to Peter there and then the reason for his actions though Peter didn't understand why the Saviour washed the feet of the disciples but the Lord said I'll give you the reason I will reveal to you why I'm washing your feet by and by just just be patient Peter And here's a word from the Lord that we can all take comfort in and encouragement from. Have we not had things happen to us? And we have wondered why? Have we not said, well, I wonder why the Lord allowed this to happen to me? Well, here's an answer. What thou knowest not now, thou shalt know hereafter. We can take comfort in that. The Lord has his own plan and purpose for each one of our lives. He is the sovereign God. (coughs) And he does that which is best for us even though we may not understand at times the things that he has done are the things that he has allowed to happen we may wonder why but Solomon has a word for us Ecclesiastes 8 and verse 4 
where the word of the king is there is power and who may say unto him what doest thou Christ is our king and by and by his purpose will be revealed to us and we shall say when he reveals our pur his purpose to us we shall say he hath done all things well Mark 7 verse 37 we have the surprise of Peter the saying to Peter but ah uh, that brings us to the stubbornness of Peter there were times when Peter spoke out of turn and certainly this was one of those times verse, verse 8 <coughs> Peter says unto him Thou shall never wash my feet. Instead of being encouraged by what the Lord said, about understanding why the Lord was washing their feet, he would understand, he would be told by and by. Instead of Peter being encouraged by that, Peter said, I shall never wash my feet. That's hard to take in. That a disciple would speak in such a way to the Lord Jesus. Indeed, a closer look at those words will show us the arrogance and the rebellion of the disciple Peter the word never Peter says I will never wash my feet that word never is translated from a Greek double negative in other words what Peter said was thou shall never no never wash my feet What a terrible way to speak to Christ. What a terrible way to speak to the one whom Peter, as was said earlier, had said, he's the Christ, the Son of the living God. Instead of listening to what the to what the Saviour said to him, taking comfort and encouragement from it, Peter rebelled against the Lord. I shall never know never it's hard to take in that he said that and addressed the Lord in that way he evidently did not pay attention to the word the Lord had spoken to him what thou knowest not now thou shalt know hereafter he, he, didn't, he mustn't have listened to the Lord 
Jeremiah had a word that would have been a good word for Peter Jeremiah 13 verse 15 hear ye and give ear be not proud for the Lord hath spoken be not proud for the Lord has spoken and in his stubbornness Peter rejected the word of God and in so doing he rejected the will of God it was the will of the Lord to wash the feet of the disciples and Peter said thou shalt never no never wash my feet notice the cost of such stubbornness in verse 8 the end of the verse the Lord said and they wash thee not thou hast no part with me that was a sobering word and I wash thee not thou hast no part with me so let us believer let us give heed to God's word and what God's will is for our lives for if we fail to do so we will be regarded as those who do not belong to Christ so the Lord is saying we don't take the Lord's word to heart and we don't do the will of the Lord we'll be regarded as those who do not belong to him that's what the Lord is saying and then we see Peter went to the other extreme in verse 9 Peter said unto him Lord not my feet only but also my hands and my head. The Lord then explained to Peter that he had been washed. The Lord is speaking here about salvation. He had been washed in salvation and only needed the dust to be washed off his feet. So we have considered the patience of Christ. How patient the Lord had been. But not one of those disciples volunteered to wash his feet. The protest against Christ when Peter spoke out of turn. Finally, the preeminence of Christ. verse 12 so after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again he said unto them know ye what I have done to you now he's explaining 
He's explaining that why he washed her feet. Verse 13. He called me Master and Lord. And ye say, Well, for so I am. The Lord begins explaining why he washed her feet by emphasizing who he is. <coughs> who, <coughs> who he is. He is their master and their Lord. But their master and their Lord was the one who stood so low to wash the feet of the disciples. And here was his example. He was an example. He was an example of Christ's humility. And he wanted the disciples to follow his example. As Christ was humble, he wanted them to be humble. He was their master. He was their Lord. The dying he came to their very feet. And the Lord wanted them to follow his example. Verse 14. And I then your Lord and Master have washed your feet. Ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example. That ye should do as I have done to you. There is an all explained. He was wanting the disciples to be as, as humble as he was. That was his example. You have there his expectation. That's what he expected. A believer, the Lord expects the same from us. As we have seen, pride is an ugly thing. But humility something quite the opposite you look at our lovely Lord our Lord and our Master and his humility and he wants us to be like him may the Lord bless his word to our hearts and our prayers Our dear Lord, we thank Thee for the Saviour. What a lovely Saviour we have. And all His humility. <coughs> With He who is God, 
stood so low to wash the dust of the feet of his disciples. Lord, help us to be more Christ-like in all that we do and how we live and how we behave. May, Lord, thy name be exalted, not ours. They in all things our Saviour have the preeminence. Lord, bless thy word. Write it upon our hearts today. I may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, love of God and fellowship of the Holy Spirit, abide and remain with us now and forevermore. Amen.